Welcome to Get Out of Your Damn Way. Inspired by coaching conversations with high-performing women, we talk about what life looks like chasing dreams and reaching goals while preventing the bitchy inner mean girl from flying the plane. And now, here's your host, the inner mean girl whisperer, lifter of women, empowerment, and confidence coach, Dr. Amy Boyd. Hi, friend. I hope you are having an amazing day, an amazing week. I would love to know what is one thing you've been talking about doing for so long, but you just can't seem to actually take action toward making it happen for you. For me, for years, it was my dissertation. (laughs) But most recently, it's been this podcast. I've also wanted to write a book too, so that's next on my list. I attract go-getters into my circle And so I know if you are listening to this podcast, you have probably an entire list of things that you want to do, but just haven't gotten around to doing it yet. And I was recently in Palm Springs. Um, I was there two weeks ago, and I was at a business mastermind with other women CEOs. So amazing to connect with other women with big dreams. But we were talking about the fact that quick decision making has been critical in running our businesses. And when you think about it, decisions like you're you're making a million decisions every day. We've been making decisions around in, in our business where clients are struggling. How can we help them right now? What free trainings or resources can we provide to potential clients for a quick win? What paid offers do we serve up to clients to help them get the results they want quicker? What would do we promote on social media? What are our launch goals? I'm just thinking like what role will each team member take to support each launch? What content should we include? What's our ad budget? Lots and lots of decisions every single day. And when we were discussing this together in our mastermind, Um, our mentor asked us, how do you sabotage yourself to not stick with the decision? And I thought this was such an interesting question. How do you sabotage yourself to not stick with the decision? And so my mind went to work and I journaled on it that evening and also on the plane home. And I noticed that there are two things that show up for me when I sabotage myself. When I get into learning mode, is my first signal that I'm that I'm sabotaging myself. So when I was writing my dissertation, that was when I would have the thought, I don't know enough to write yet. And so when I thought that thought, it triggered a feeling of insecurity. And from that feeling of insecurity, the action I took was taking a nosedive into the research rabbit hole where I would end up downloading 100 more articles that were kind of related to my topic. And so whenever I set a goal, I ask myself, what do I have to believe in order to reach this goal? Going back to my example, when I was writing my my own dissertation, I don't know enough to write yet, gave me the result of nothing being written, right? Because I was thinking I don't know enough to write. I was feeling insecure from the feeling of insecurity, I downloaded more articles, (laughs) entered the research rabbit hole. And so my result was nothing was written. And when I asked myself what I get to believe in order to reach that goal, what I needed to believe is that the more I write, the more clear things will become. And that left me feeling hopeful. 
And from that feeling of hopeful, I just started to free write. And I used the Pomodoro writing technique for 25 minutes at a time, palm by palm. That new thought was such a relief to me. So I went from, I don't know enough to write yet, to the more I write, the clearer things will become. I also get to use this same thought as I write my book. And that thought was a relief. Now, learning more shows up now, today, as I should really learn how to start a YouTube channel. (laughs) That's on my list, but I'm trying to learn it to get out of the decision I made to create the presentation I'm giving next week for a colleague's summit. Learning more can essentially be a means of sabotage via procrastination for me. And so I wanted to share this concept with you today because you have some big dreams. And when it comes to making decisions and taking action, you will have decisions to make. Decisions that when you stick to them, will bring you closer to crushing your goals. Be aware of when you sabotage yourself to not stick with a decision. What's underneath that? For most of you, it will uncover limiting beliefs when you start questioning yourself. When our clients start working with us, they always say that they're looking for strategies to finish writing or to start writing, strategies to keep writing, and basically everything in between. They want strategies on how to take action, how to get motivated. And while I can give you 562 strategies, none of them will stick until we address the root cause of your resistance and really any feeling. And that root cause lies in your thoughts. When I was thinking, reflecting about the the way I sabotage myself to not stick with the decision, it's always a thought. Because your thought creates your feelings. And as I've mentioned in the first two podcast episodes before this one, everything that you do or don't do in your life, you do because you want to feel a certain way. You want to write a book to feel proud of yourself, to feel courageous, to feel the satisfaction that comes with completion energy, to finishing what you start. You want the promotion to feel excitement, pride, that feeling of resilience, having worked so hard for something and had some setbacks along the way, the feeling of motivation, the feeling of focus, of desire. You want to create a business to feel freedom and in control of your day, open to possibilities, the financial freedom of not having a salary range or a limit to how much money you can make. That was it for me. So how many of you have big goals you want to accomplish within the next year? Anytime you put a big goal out there, your inner mean girl, I call her the inner mean girl. Some people call it the ego, the inner critic, same thing. I actually named mine. If you can name yours, I really want to know. (laughs) I find it so fun when I have our clients name their inner mean girl. It is just so amazing and it almost um, takes her power away. So mine is Krishna. I had a girl, just as an aside, Krishna is my inner mean girl. And Krishna was actually a girl that I grew up with. And she spent from third grade to eighth grade wanting to beat me up. (laughs) And so um, when we moved, I, I don't ever, I don't know whatever happened to Krishna. 
but I named my inner mean girl Krishna. The inner mean girl is going to so generously flood you with all of the reasons why you're not able to reach your goal. It will automatically flood you with all of the obstacles that will keep you from achieving that thing. These are your limiting beliefs, and I call them mean girl thoughts. Your brain is going to generously provide you with a list of reasons why you haven't been able to meet that goal yet. So if I say I want to write a book and complete it by May 31st, 2023, immediately my brain will tell me why that's not going to happen ever, why it hasn't happened yet. And I used to go into self-loathing when I would set a goal and then self-doubt would flood in. I would just give up the first time it started to get hard. Or I would be good. I had usually about a three-day rule. Anytime I started something new, whether it be a new diet plan, a new workout plan, um, a New Year's resolution, I lasted about three days. And then on day four, that's when I would find an excuse to not keep going. My brain was like, no, this is not what we do. I would go right back into default mode Because my brain would pitch a fit anytime I tried to improve myself. This isn't what we do. It's scary. Stay back here in default mode where it's safe. We're used to this. (laughs) Let's go watch Dead to Me on Netflix or whatever it is. The magic happens when you listen to those thoughts. You give the inner mean girl some airtime. And then you still take action anyway. We want to listen and pay attention to her, but not to believe. My mentor, Brooke, calls these obstacle thoughts, and I love this because she says that all of our obstacle thoughts, when we turn them into strategies, that becomes the map to getting to where you want to go. And your brain is constantly looking for evidence that will prove certainty. So when those inner mean girl thoughts come flooding in, your brain is going to show you every time you tried to set a goal and you didn't hit it. Your brain will say, see, I was right. I told you you couldn't do it. Remember that one time in sixth grade when your English teacher told you you weren't a good writer? See, he was right. You will look at the evidence that you have created. Many of the inner mean girl thoughts are habitual and unconscious. You aren't even aware of them. And the concept of confirmation bias confirms this. You will get what you're looking for. So if you believe something is true, you will look for it in the world. An example of this is if you believe people are rude, you will only see rude people and you will see them everywhere. If you believe people are kind, you will only see kind people. That car that you've been wanting, that you've looked at and you're considering buying, you're going to see that all over the road. You're looking for it. Your inner mean girl is no different. She's continually looking for evidence as to why you will not be able to accomplish your scary goal. Our brain wants certainty. It wants to be proven correct. Your brain is going to talk you out of your goal by showing you that the goal is too big. And here's all the evidence why. So to change ourselves to overcome our inner mean girl thoughts is actually the path of most resistance. It means changing the narrative and poking holes in what we think are truths. I tell my clients that there is a reason why half of of doc students actually finish. It's 100% uncomfortable. And I see that one of the biggest mistakes that my clients make and where I struggled for so long 
was the focus on where they go, where they want to go, their dream, the thing, the goal, as being in direct opposition to where they are right now. And so we struggle with that gap in the distance because it does seem so far away. When you recognize the space between where you are right now in the present and where you want to go, that's the good stuff. That's the magic. That's the uncovering. I've been training for adventure races with the other amazing men and women at my gym, and I missed one of the races because I was traveling and I couldn't get back in time to make it. And I texted my coach and she said, no problem, we can transfer your race fee to the next one. She thought I'd be devastated because I've trained so consistently for it. And I texted her back. I said, Missy, I'm going to miss the race. But the race isn't even really the point for me. It's about the person I'm becoming in training for the race. The race was just icing on the cake and going through that experience with the other men and women I've been training with. Huge difference. When you step forward out into the scary, taking action and having your own back, being present to those inner mean girl thoughts, being present to them and moving forward anyway, it's almost like you're making peace with the inner critic. You're letting her sit next to you in the car and you're passively passively listening to her bullshit, but you're not letting her drive. And that becomes the magic and that becomes the point. While it's amazing to achieve the result you want to bring into your life, it really isn't about that as much. It's not about, you know, getting the doctorate or writing the book or getting the promotion, earning the money, completing the race. But the woman being the woman who lives in the space of overcoming her own mind, anything is possible. In the last episode, I asked you, what do you want? Do you know what that is? What limiting beliefs or bitchy inner mean girl thoughts are sabotaging you from sticking with that decision to make it happen? You get to train your brain to look for thoughts on purpose, where we want our brain to go. Do a thought download on all of the thoughts around that big goal. Get all that shit out of your brain and onto a paper. This cannot be done inside your head. This has to be done on paper. What is the mean girl telling you? What patterns do you see? Our thought downloads tell us where we are right now that will lead us to where we're going if we don't change something. And once you see where you are right now in your thought download, ask yourself a new question. What do I need to believe in order to reach this goal? Do another thought download and retell the story of where you want to go. For me, I went from I'm not ready to write, I don't know enough to write, to the more I write, the more things are going to come together for me. It's such a a subtle shift in a thought, but it had so much power because it led me to feel hopeful. And I started taking inspired action from the feeling of hope. Having negative thoughts is totally normal. You are human. And I'll be honest, I do this work several times a day. I would rather be proactive in redirecting my brain to think on purpose by thinking thoughts I get to believe in order to reach that goal than going back to default mode, which means giving up at the end of the day because I feel like I'm closed at the effect of my thoughts that are shaping my entire life. We've evolved to this point by seeking pleasure, avoiding pain, 
and exerting the least amount of energy. This is how we've evolved. This is how we survive. But I want to tell you, what got you here will not get you to the next level version of you, to your higher version of you, to you 2.0, to the person you are becoming. You have to reverse the motivational triad to get out of survival and into that next level of you, which means you have to step into discomfort on purpose. And our brains are going to pitch a fit. It's safer in the cave. (laughs) It's safer. Don't go out there and do something scary. Come back on the couch and watch Netflix. We have to be willing to experience emotional pain. When I was in high school, I had to give an oral report on Grover Cleveland. It was sophomore English. Sister Regina let us bring only a note card to the front of the room. I practiced and I practiced. I memorized the entire 10-minute speech. I gave the speech and practiced to whoever would listen to me. So when the day came, I nervously awaited for my name to be called and take my position at the front of the classroom. I crammed as much as I possibly could fit onto that note card to the point in writing so small that I had to hold it up to my nose in order to read it. And then it happened. Sister Regina called my name and I walked up to the front of the room. My nervous system was in overdrive. I was sweating like a farm animal. I was shaking so much that I dropped my note card, picked it up, took a deep breath and looked out to the 25 or more sophomore peers staring at me. I could not remember a damn thing. Who was this report on? I couldn't even remember. I glanced down at my note card. Oh, that's right. Glover Grover Cleveland. I had to remind myself. I could not read a single word on the note card. Nothing. I could not formulate a single sentence. And I remember thinking, I have absolutely nothing to say. I looked out to my peers once again, and I found my best friend, Steph, and she gave me the wink and a thumbs up, you know, the, you got this look. <laughs> I took another breath and still nothing. What seemed like 15 minutes of me in the spotlight sweating went by and I could not utter a single word. It was I was absolutely humiliated and ashamed. Sister Regina, surely feeling sorry for me, returned me to my seat. You can try this again tomorrow, Amy, she assured me. The absolute worst case scenario happened to me. I got stage fright. I froze. And guess what? I didn't die. That was the worst feeling for me at the time rejected by my peers, cast away from the herd. I was the only student who froze. And you know, I let the narrative, I can't speak in public, hold me back from so many opportunities in my life, really until I started teaching. I figured when I started teaching elementary school back in the 90s <laughs> that it was a good chance for me to to fail and learn. I used I didn't die as the worst case scenario to help me overcome my fear of speaking. I know what it felt like to be humiliated and ashamed. And it's funny because now I go live on social media and I talk. I have spoken to groups of hundreds of women and I still get nervous, but I've replaced I didn't die with the thought, bring it. I was made for this. That's the thought that makes me feel open to all of it, to forgetting what I'm talking about sometimes. It's happened. (laughs) To saying the wrong thing. It's happened. And I know that every time I speak and I step into discomfort, I know I will learn something about myself. And every single time I take action and fail, I am building my confidence. I am building my resilience. 
So we have to be willing to exert more energy, calmly allowing those emotions to come up. We become aware of them. We acknowledge them. We sit present with those emotions without letting them paralyze us. And so first, it takes meeting yourself where you are. And so I want to bring this into accepting where you are right now. According to Eckhart Tolle, one of the keys to conscious manifestation is to be anchored in the present. The feeling of I am is our only true source of fulfillment. When we are connected with the presence, we create from a place of joy, of appreciation, and sufficiency. Eckhart Tolle, I love this quote. He says, whatever the present moment contains, accept it as if you've chosen it. So taking some advice from Eckhart Tolle, we're going to meet ourselves where we are right now. So I have some homework for you. (laughs) I want you to fill a page with every limiting belief that is keeping you from reaching the goal. What have you told yourself about you and your responsibilities? So the first thing that I want you to do is write down, what is your goal? What's that impossible goal? To finish a book or to start a book, what is it for you? You get to decide. What is your impossible goal? So you're going to do that first. And then I want you to write down, I want you to fill a page on every reason why you can't reach this goal. You get to call your inner mean girl forward and give her some airtime. So that means writing all of those thoughts that are in direct contrast to what you want. I want you to be a gentle observer here. Look at the reasons that your inner mean girl is so generously providing you with, with pure curiosity and connect with each belief. So that's what you're going to do second. And then three, write down, what do I need to believe in order to reach this goal? Let the empowering thoughts flow. Fill a page. This is, um, this is amazing. And I've shared this with my clients too, but every day I write down, every single day, I write down my 90-day goals and I write down my 30-day goals. Underneath this, in my planner, I write, what do I have to believe in order to reach these goals? And those are the thoughts that I'm thinking on purpose. So I want to know, I want you to continue this conversation in our secret Facebook group. There's a post that's tied to this exercise. What is coming up for you? I would love for you to share your aha moments and your takeaways. That's it for today. Till next time, keep dreaming big. I am sending you so much love. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Get Out of Your Damn Way podcast with Dr. Amy Boyd. For all the links and resources mentioned on today's show, bonus content, and to join our secret community, head over to getoutofyourdamnway.com. If you have a friend who would benefit from this episode, be kind and share. Until next time, keep taking inspired action toward those big dreams.